awaken your visionary and step in to the vortex of unlimited life force potential. This is the Visionary Vortex Podcast and I'm your host, Lauren Renee. And now begins the journey. Hello magical human beings and welcome to this episode of the Visionary Vortex podcast. I am joined by Sigourney Bell on today's episode who has been a mentor of mine for the last year or so now and she's had a huge influence on my life with regards to really being able to ground in my own unique magic and intuitive abilities and since I started working with her my clarity around my psychic gifts my intuition and the way that I can use them for my own healing and for my service as well completely changed she through through experiencing her work I completely shifted the way that I was doing business and yeah, she supported me to really deepen into some other pieces around my experience of my erotic energy and sexual energy as well. So she really holds a very powerful frequency and delivers this through her work with Wild Grace, which is all around bringing through feminine frequencies, uh, healing through the body and working with archetypal energies as well. Uh, So I have been collaborating with her in her business to support her movement uh, for the last few months as well, which has been an absolute honor. And she is expanding her work into her field of expertise around magic and being able to harness this in a way that is really grounded in what your own unique medicine is, which I absolutely love. So in today's episode, we talk about her journey of understanding what magic is in her life and how that's really led into her teachings uh, and also really delve into working with plant medicines as well and how that really relates to bringing through frequencies and communicating with spirits. So there is a lot of really powerful wisdom that we bring through and a lot of really beautiful reflections uh, for you as a listener to be able to really feel within yourself and your own journey and, and how it really relates to the things that we discuss in this as well. So let's get into this conversation. Take a deep breath, relax into your body and receive this information of, of why tapping into magic and intuition is so important with what is happening in the world today. Okay, the portal is open and I am here today with the amazing Sigourney Bell. (sighs) And we, yeah, I was just saying before we started recording this, my hands are just vibrating with, with energy with what we're going to discuss on this episode around energetics and magic and 
the work that Sigourney brings through around this as well and how we can really support you listening to this to have this deep remembering in yourself around the power that you really have and what you can create when you really tune into what's available to you in this world that so many people are really waking up to or wanting to have a deeper understanding around now. So yeah, maybe we can start a little bit with your journey into this and how you really opened up your own world to magic and energetics and and what that process was really like. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on today. And I'm really excited to share because this is really alive in my sphere and space at the moment. Um, I'm collaborating and running a festival, teaching about magic and journeying people through magic next week called Essence Festival. So I feel like magic has really come into my space again in the past couple of weeks leading up to that event. So yeah, and I want to start off by, I asked recently the, the co-parent of um, my child, I asked him for a reflection of me. I was going through a bit of a journey where I was feeling a little bit stuck in like, who am I, you know, what is my medicine actually? Um, and I just asked him to, to give me an honest reflection. And he said, well, what were you like as a child before, you know, when you were the most deeply connection, connected to your magical self and your divine self, what were you doing? What did you love when you were a child? And that's so that catalyzed me into like a two week journey with my inner child. I was sleeping with a teddy. I was looking at pictures of myself when I was a child and I was really calling her in to work with her. And when I called her in and started having the memories of what I was like as a child, deeply, deeply sensitive being, I would like often mum would have to try and find me because I'd be hiding in cupboards with like pots over my head um, or like hiding in, in, in dark spaces because I just couldn't handle being around people. I was just so, I was feeling so much all of the time and I was so sensitive that it was just too much for me, too much information. And, you know, I was, I am on the spectrum, but to me, that just meant that I have a different viewpoint around what that is. Um, and yeah, it's always been there for me. But when I tune into what I loved as a child, it was being in nature and it was the essence of essence of being connect, connected to magic. And for me, that was communing with this, the spirit of plant davers and the spirit of animals. And it was really the way that I perceived the world and took in the world was through energetics um, and like receiving information through frequency. And I've always been like that. You know, even at university, Actually, at school, I should say, I got top marks in English literature, never read a single book. <laughs> I would sit there and just be like, okay, what page do I need to open to to get a really good quote? Because I, I and, and then I just flip open to a page, take down the quote, and then I would always, it would always be perfect for what I would need it in my exam. And then I could just channel through anything about that, that particular quote. And then at university, I, I never studied. You know, I ended up getting a really high TER. I went to uni, did physiotherapy, which was totally random, but it's a whole nother story. And literally the night before my anatomy exams, I just look, I just look at the images and just download them like as a, a photographic memory. And then I'd just be able to recall that when I close my eyes. 
and <laughs> I was so hated by people like by my colleagues because they're like I don't understand how you do that I'm like I don't get it it's just like a thing I do um and I always thought it was normal but um I think being initiated into reality whatever that is you know for you but <laughs> the normality of society um I've come to realize that actually it's not the normal and I was really initiated into experiencing that working in mainstream hospital systems for six years being someone that was medical intuitive um and, you know, all of these different terms, but it all comes back down to the fact that I'm just very energetically attuned. So I can read frequency, I can feel what's in the field. And, you know, there's many different names for it. And I sometimes feel stuck actually describing what that actually is. But it comes back down to, yeah, being able to feel vibration and being able to feel and encode and understand the the messages of of energy, which is really where we're heading in this day and age is, you know, if we look at that, what's the book called? Celestial Prophecy? Yeah. Celestine yeah. Prophecy? When I read that, I'm like, aren't we already there? I was yeah. like, no, actually, I don't think everyone is there yet, but that's how I communicate. And it's like sometimes with my team, I'm like, some, you know, I, I just feel like uh, we can pick things up telepathically. And I'm like, do I even need to? speak about that actually <laughs> I think because we're quite I, I feel like you know in the wild grace team everyone is has that level of attunement as well so we're all very sensitive and all psychically open but yeah it's the way it's the, where we're headed um and it just blows my mind that you know um Elon Musk is creating this Neuralink to be able to facilitate this in humans for them to be able to connect telepathically with like computer systems and whatnot so that, that the computer can respond to their thoughts. I'm like, can't we, you know, I'll just come to one of my trainings and I'll take you through a blue lotus journey and we'll awaken that and you don't need to have an operation to have a neural link put in your brain. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, not a conventional by any means, I was doing mantras and mudras in the plant um, whilst other kids were playing. I'm like, I don't understand what they're doing. Like, why do you play? I'll just sit in the corner. And my mum said she used to come and watch me, which is really sweet. She pulled up to the playground and come and watch me and make sure I was, I was okay because I used to get bullied when I was, like, really young because I was just totally, totally different to the other children. Um and yeah, she, she said I used to sit by myself and the other kids would be playing. And I remember the first time I had a friend, like I bought them these gifts to try and make them my friend because I just didn't even know. I didn't even know how to interact with people. Um, so yeah, I've always, I, I feel like magic has always been at the core of who I am and it's really what I'm here to, to teach and to share in the world. So yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure this podcast will meet or will reach lots of people that have a, like a familiar journey. As well. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I do with women, you know, that I work with that are really sensitive and intuitive too, is exactly what you just did. Let's go back to when you were a child and start to remember these things because it was always there when you were younger. Like I so 
relate to everything you just said. I was having a big remembering of that again the other day, like just having a moment out in nature. And I was like, oh, this is what I used to always do as a little girl. Whenever everything was too stressful, I'd be so overwhelmed and I'd just want to run away from home, but I'd never get further than my backyard or like deep, you know, I, I lived on you know, nature and I'd go deep into the nature in the trees and I'd just sit there. And as soon as I was there, I was like, oh, I'm home again. It's all good. It's fine. And mm. like the earth would just take away all this pain and remembering all of that. And then, you know, going into the real world and same thing with me with, with school and uni, I'd always get top marks without studying <laughs> with the writing and the essays. It's like, I'd write these amazing essays and be like, where did this come from? Cool. I got a high distinction. For that. <laughs> Well, you understood the concept of channeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing, and oh, you just you know, it's just naturally academic or naturally talented or whatever it is. But yeah, I'm sure there's so many listeners that are resonating that may have had experiences of this in their life. But you know, that can even be a problem as well. Is that you're labelled as like a high achiever, or you know, mm-hmm. that kind of piece? Because that actually put my magic or my my creative expression to a bit of a box because it was like, oh, I've got to achieve high because that's my thing when it's actually something deeper than that too. And I actually feel that this is the piece is like all that sensitivity has got all these layers of conditioning and programming around it that people can't see it. And this is really what the work is about now is the unraveling rather than adding anything on. Yeah, totally. And even coming back to what I was saying about like, you know, the way that I view autism is is different. Um, and, you know, when I've tuned into and I've worked with autistic children in the past, they're just extremely connected to that channel and they, they need to, and, and they're extremely sensitive as well to the world. And um, yeah, I think it's, you know, there's a lot of like, We've, we've viewed that as like there's something wrong with them you know because they don't fit into this idea of like how how children are meant to be and how they're meant to function but actually they're highly gifted individuals and beings and let's find let's find their genius and focus on that and yeah they're brilliant they've got brilliant minds and to me that they're, they're the channels they're the ones that are receiving information they actually receive information from other places that doesn't actually come through that that from that space for them so they're receiving from the divine in a sense and when you're in that I don't know if you've you would have had the experience of like when you're totally absorbed by that and you know you might be just streaming this book right and I know you're writing a book at the moment and I remember for me when I wrote Leviathan it was like I leading the two days leading up to that book really coming through me and I mean streaming like I sat in a dark room for a week barely ate my housemate would bring me some things here and there but I was like in another I was just if I wasn't writing I I was not functioning in the world it was like I felt so out of whack the two days leading up to that book landing I ended up in a hospital excruciating pain in my womb like I couldn't move or walk and I was just gonna you know, breathe it out and do what I normally do and sound through it and move it through. But the person I was staying with is like, no, I'm deeply concerned. I'm going to take you in. There was nothing wrong with me. They did scans. It was all fine. The day after I crashed my hire car and completely rode it off doing 20 kilometers an hour. I drove it into a tree. How <laughs> do you ride a car off doing 20 kilometers an hour? I don't know. Um, and then I was like, okay, something's like, 
I'm something's going on internally. Like I need to 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 be with myself and to feel what's happening in my internal landscape because everything's chaotic in my external. And when that's the case, it's usually a calling. I, I'm like, it's a calling for me to go in because something's trying to grab my attention. And I went in and it was just like, yeah, the book's here. I just sat and I started writing. I was like, okay, and I'm fully on. I'm fully fine, fully in the zone. And as soon as the book was done, it was like, okay, I was okay. I was released. And like it was like I was released from it. And I could function again. Like I could be out in the world and had no conflict with interacting with people. And whereas before it was like everything felt like an attack. It was like so intense on my system. And that's kind of the way that I see things with autism is like, they're, they've got this magical divine connection and they need to be in commitment to that. And we need to learn how to support them to be in commitment to that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the children coming through are going to teach us this at this time too, because they're all very, a lot of them are very sensitive and children innately are anyway, but I feel it's becoming more and more so mm-hmm. as we move into this new you know, cosmological phase where that's being facilitated. These children are being birthed through extra sensitively. Um, And I'm trying to circulate this back to where we started. What was was coming through when you were sharing? That was a really, a really beautiful point that we can, we can go with in this conversation, which is when we're not controlling our reality, and we're, you know, when we're coming up against those challenges and forcing through and being in our schedule and our day-to-day, which the world is really putting people into this perspective of now, there's yeah. something bigger that wants to come through you. And I actually feel that this is a big reason why there is so many people in the world that are becoming more interested in magic and connecting with spirit and all of these pieces because they're realising, oh, there is something bigger. I'm having these bigger realizations. I'm experiencing this deeper connection, perhaps psychic awakenings, because I'm actually not trying to do and control. And if something feels wrong or I'm having accidents or whatever it is, I'm no longer putting that up to ill fate. There, that people are waking up in these circumstances now. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and I think there comes a choice where you no longer have a choice. <laughs> that was well, that was my experience um, when I was 23, when I first had, I think it was 23, my big spiritual awakening. I, you know, was working in a hospital system then. I was deeply unhappy. You know, I knew the work was not right for me, but I had no idea. I had no contextual understanding. I had no mentors. I had no ability to discern what was right for me all I knew was that like I was getting increasingly sick like by the day like I was I would turn up to work and go to the toilets and just start vomiting and I was like what's going on like it was like I couldn't actually be in the reality I was in anymore it just like no part of me allowed that and I ended up developing um neurological condition and couldn't actually lift my feet up off the ground. So I couldn't walk properly. Um, And it ended up just forcing me into this deep process of surrender where I just went, I basically went into collapse mode. And when I fully collapsed, um, there was a moment where I just prayed and it just, 
opened my vision for the first time since I was a child and I just started seeing my whole path play out and it was interesting because for a lot of people I think that would be quite confronting like it was like having my eyes open it was that clear with my eyes closed but I was like ah this is I remember you know I remember this is what it was like as a child I could see things very clearly um and yeah in retrospect like the years I'd shut that down maybe six seven eight years was like I was in deep pain for all of those years, you know, and I turned to alcohol and drugs and all of these other avenues to try and free myself of that pain, but it could really only be freed from following my calling and that, that, that bigger calling that wants to always move through us. You know, it's always there and desiring to move through us. And our job really is, it's not even a job, our, um, commitment needs to be to open to that and the more we surrender to that and letting life move through us and our calling move through us the more easeful life is <laughs> it doesn't have to be so painful but if there's if there's like a tension and it's not there's a mismatch between what's in our external reality and what's trying to move through us and then that's when it creates tension in the body and physical health issues and mental health issues emotional health issues they all stem from this, this root disconnection. So it's all about finding how to harmonize that, bring that into balance, reconnect that. And then, yeah, and then things can flow again. So, and sometimes it's deeply painful, <laughs> that initiation experience, but. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much around us that keeps us in that cycle of, avoiding that and keep like staying in our pain yeah. I see that in people now because yeah you know similar to it's like it's so easy to suppress that energy because it's like when we have all this creative energy or this this other piece pieces that want to come through us that energy mm -hmm. can just be burned if it is channeled into like addiction or you know distraction consumption of other people's creativity whatever it is and you just become mm -hmm more and more sick or in this space of emotional pain until you break through that but it takes it takes a real stepping up and for people that are listening that are really maybe going through that and feeling that or maybe know someone in their lives where they're just like I see the potential that wants to come through them and I can see that they're really tuned in and have so much to bring what do you what do you feel is that real anchoring point that people can lean into Yeah, I mean, there's, for me, my on my journey before I had mentors, it's a lot easier now because I have people that I can call upon that I trust that I know see, I, I know, I trust their seeing capacities. Um, actually, I have three elder mentors that I call upon as soon as I'm like blocked, not as soon as I'm blocked, I try not to outsource too much, but if I'm really stuck, it's like, all right, what am I not seeing? And I call upon them and they support me and it just realizes me pretty quickly. So I have a process now that's a lot smoother than what it was initially when I didn't have people around me to guide me that I trusted. Um, but back then my process was to pray actually and I'm by no means religious, but prayer for me is, is um, an opening and a trusting to something greater. Um, it doesn't need to be that you're praying to God, but 
you know, actually I like to use the term God because I just believe that is that is that that super consciousness or that higher form of consciousness that has this knowing um, to transmit to us. And yeah, I used to just pray at my altar and be like, what is it that I'm not seeing right now? What is it that I can't hear? What is it that I need to know? And then I just let it go. And normally in the following days after that, something will make itself extremely known. Like I'll have something come into my field because it's one of the, they say it's one of the laws of the universe, ask and it should be given. So if you ask, you will be met with an answer. You just have to be open to what that is and how it looks because it may not be what you think. It may not be pulling a tarot card and getting an answer, right? <laughs> That's usually coming, sometimes it's coming out of control as well. And usually it's something more subtle or it might be someone delivering you a message. You might go out to coffee with someone, they'll have the piece for you. Or, you know, I find it comes to you in the, the web and in your network. So staying open to how that wants to come in, not like trying to find it. Because the minute you're trying to make anything happen, it just completely basically cock, cock blocks receiving it, cock blocks anything being able to come into you. So just let it go, be in nature, you know, catch up with people, do whatever you feel you need to, and it will always come into your field. And then usually you get the piece to move forwards again. So yeah, I, I alternate between those two, depending on what I feel is more right. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and in that, you know, being open to there being something bigger that can support you as well, you know, like mm. like one point is that that border that you get on when you're going through this. Like I, I was even going through that as well, like having a family history of mental health diagnosis too, where it's like so much, so much, so often when you're opening up to this stuff, it's like, am I, am I going crazy? Wait, you know, do I need to... Mm -hmm. see someone about this or then being afraid of seeing someone about it because they might tell you that you're crazy but you're actually not um and yeah actually calling in what you need like I remember um particularly last year you know I, I was doing a lot of expanding and my like psychic abilities were really really expanding my sensitivity was really really opening up and I was like right I need to call in someone who is mastering the this in this space and then you put up a a promotion about your summoning mentorship <laughs> and I was like okay I need to work with uh... she's doing this and she's <laughs> integrating it into what she's doing in in the way that she serves others and so you know you presented yourself to me <laughs> which was really really a blessing Hi. at that time and it you know <laughs> grounded everything you know okay I'm not crazy this is someone who thought she's mm. she's you know in that space before too and has, has found how to integrate that into life and I think that's a really core piece is actually knowing that you don't have to stay out there with it this is something that you can bring into your physical reality and I'd love for you to speak a bit about mm. how you have been able to do that in your relationship with earth medicine, with plants as well, because I actually think this is such a key piece for anyone that's super psychically open and attuned to energy to really do as well as have that relationship with earth medicine. Mm, mm. Yeah, so mm. it's interesting because I've only just circulated back around to working with plants in a big way in the past since falling pregnant um and that's because I believe this child is here to do to work with that and so I'm getting a real like she's basically drawing me back to that medicine and 
you know, I actually had to have how many years, probably about four or five years break from working with any plant medicines and earth medicines isn't necessarily like you don't need to ingest plant medicines in the way that a lot of people are talking about them like going going on ayahuasca journeys like for me for a period of time of four to five years it was literally sleeping with plants next to my bed and making sure I had um, plants in my space and in my room and making sure I was just walking on the bare earth every day and collecting things as opposed to actually working with anything internally because my internal system was very hypersensitive for a period of time and I actually had an experience with mother ayahuasca about four or five years ago which was very deeply humbling after her telling me that I wasn't meant to work with her and I didn't listen (laughs) so I was like no 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 you know it'll be fine uh I had an extremely horrific um experience and I didn't think I was actually ever going to fully come back I had a fragmentation occur um and I ended up like unable to basically reliving out my experience of when I was 23 and couldn't walk my neurological symptoms came back on and I had paralysis and I was like this is it now you know like this I didn't listen and she's given me a really good lesson um But the lesson in that was like understanding the depth of my sensitivity and that actually working with plant medicines, I needed to work with them in a different way. Like just working with the plant and sleeping next to it was enough for me. And that sometimes would journey me just as hard as it would someone that's drinking three cups of ayahuasca. Mm. Um, So I went through a period of time where I would only work with things in the dreamscape, like really 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 subtly and it's only been in the past nine months that I've started like working with ingestibles and tinctures and actually taking things in internally again um but yeah I mean one of the lessons is and I think a lot of people speak about this is like listening to the calling of the plants Mm -hmm. really listening to the calling of the plants and um yeah, they, they need to call you. It's like, it's a relationship, like any relationship. They invite you in. They, you know, they call you in to work with them and they'll appear in your field when you're meant to work with them. Mm. You know, when I first started my business, I was having a lot of projections come into my space when I first started my business. And it was actually an extremely hard journey for me. And that's when I got initiated into learning boundaries and it was at the start of my Saturn return. My Saturn is in Capricorn and lessons of that were all around, all around this, around boundaries and structure and discipline and creating containers. And um, yeah, that's that period of time was very intense for me and having to learn how to put up boundaries to create a business. And that's when tobacco first came into my field. And actually through a dear friend of mine, Jeff Slater, who, um, yeah, came into my my space more. He was a mentor of mine years and years and years before that. But, um, yeah, we developed a friendship and that's one of the core medicines he works with. And so he introduced me to that and that was just that, you know, two years of working with tobacco quite intensely. And if you know tobacco, it's... Um, it's a master plan spirit and it is a masculine spirit. 
and it works with invoking these energies of protection and boundaries and um, it also holds the intention of the frequency of intention as well but um, it does help with the, the containment of energy and the clearing of energy and um, it is more of a protective plant so you know, I was just aware that that had come strongly into my space. I was journeying this particular lesson, which was an exact energetic match to working with that plant. And so that was my relationship with it. And then one day it was just like, no, you're done. You know, you've learned this, this lesson now. And I just closed that chapter and I don't really routinely work with it anymore. Mm. So I'm always listening to what's coming into my field, what I need to work with. And I respond to that and I respect the relationship. Like when the relationship's like, we're closed now and we're done. I'm like, okay, great. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, I think that's a really important place to start with plants is just to have that, that basic understanding of how to develop a relationship with them. And not, again, it's like magic's not logical. The way that we develop connection to plant spirit or earth spirits, not meant to be something logical either. Like it will make itself known to us. And um, if it's something that's for you, then it will present itself to you. Mm. I really truly believe that. Yeah, I love the yeah. way you described that because it's so important for any yeah any kind of tools that people are using in their magic practices and their connection practices, especially the medicines. And that's something that, yeah, I really love to educate people around too, is that it, you just have to trust and you have to really tune into yourself and don't just do it because everyone else is doing, doing it. Don't just use, you know, this particular plant because that's what you think you need to use. Really tune into what's true to you um Mm. yeah and people are missing this it's like you know you can buy Palo Santo and from like sports girl and stuff now (laughs) I think it's like you know I don't I don't know or maybe it's just crystals or something I've seen there but things like you know plants and things like this are going like it's really epic that yeah and like part of me is like yeah that's really epic that it's available to people in that way but then the other part of me is like oh the commercialization of palo santo when it's already it's becoming um an endangered species and now we're putting it in sports girl like that that for me is also quite horrific (laughs) um yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) but i mean if it's happening there's obviously some kind of role that it's there to play and it's like you know i always talk about the divinity in people smoking cigarettes in the city. Mm. Um, like a lot of people are like, it's so bad for you, but I'm like, they are unconsciously calling on that plant spirit to work with to protect their energetic field because it's so intense in the city. Like I can't, you know, sometimes I can actually, I don't like to be too much of those, you know, grab <laughs> those ungrounded spiritual woo-woo perspectives. Like sometimes I, I love and thrive being in the city. But it is, it is like I have a threshold is very intense when I go in there. I do feel like everything coming in from every single person that's surrounding me and I feel like I'm being hit from every direction. And, yeah, tobacco is a medicine that would support with actually keeping you feeling like you weren't absorbing everything around you. So I feel like there's a divinity even in the profanities you know, what we're seeing in society and like even alcohol is being a medicine, like 
for me, you know, it was detrimental for my, to my health for a certain amount of years, but I see it as a shadow medicine. I see it as something that it depresses us, but in the depression of us, it brings up all of the uh, emotions that are there that are built up that need to move through. And whilst that's not a conscious way of doing it, it may be a way that we process unconsciously. And I think until we get to that point of consciousness where we understand what we're doing and we can actually remedy that it it kind of functions and it serves a purpose <laughs> so i feel like innately we're intelligent beings innately and we're drawn to the things subconsciously that we need that we may not even know we need um but it's about then obviously not staying stuck in that and actually becoming aware and conscious of like our interaction with these different spirits how to work with them in a in a beautiful way because they are spirits and they can absolutely destroy us as well. Like they can cause psychosis. It's all about the intention and the state you're in when you take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for years I couldn't even touch cannabis, cannabis medicine. Like every time I had it, it would actually send me into this psychotic, almost psychotic borderline state. And I was like, I can't, I don't, you know, at first I was like, I put it on the plan. I was like, can't, can't do this, but it was actually just not the right plant for me to work with. It never called me and never asked for me to work with it. And so I was abusing it in a sense. Mm. Um, and I only did it a few times. It's not as if I was like using it consistently, but interestingly, since falling pregnant, um, I've been so drawn. I've been drawn to two things like um, <laughs> stout which interestingly has a high amount of like iron and, and vitamins. And I don't, I have like only like a tiny little glass here and there, but like I've <laughs> been drawn to stout, which I've never ever felt cold to and working with cannabis oil and, you know, uh, ex-partner who's the father of the child is an amazing herbal alchemist and Chinese medicine practitioner. And he has an apothecary and distills incredible organic um, locally picked herbal medicines and he did a bit of research and he's like actually it's really good for the like wiring connection to to the womb and and to the child and I've been having really deep journeys on just having you know just a, a couple of drops really really gentle I'm, I'm really aware of not abusing it and also you know looking after the safety of the child but um, it's been a really potent medicine for me during pregnancy um so yeah I think it's it's yeah about listening to and receiving what's in the field again which it always is yeah yeah beautiful and yeah always honoring and I find honoring and respecting what that plant spirit has to offer you as well you know even before ingesting something or connecting with it it's just like okay what you know what properties does this have what's the energy what's the frequency what am I calling in do I need to create any protection around me for what this is going to open me up to? All these little things that I often, because I, you know, feel uneasy when I'm around people that are consuming cannabis so unconsciously because I'm like, oh, you're inviting a very, mm. very powerful spirit and have, have you created anything around you and you, you can start to see what's happening uh, in these kind of spaces. Mm. And, you know, I think there can sometimes be so much openness with these particular plants and, without actually tuning in again, like what's your relationship rather than just imitating what others are doing to relate with that plant spirit. 
Yeah, because if you don't have an intention of what you're using it for, you just invite in anything mm. to work through you. And that opens you to, yeah, it opens you up to a lot. Like I've had to work with a lot of people in, you know, after plant medicine journeys and opening themselves up too much of having to actually do a complete clearing of their field and to pull things out of them that they've let in unconsciously because they didn't have a strong intention moving into that working with that plant or they were just taking it because for the sake of the experience which is not really why plants necessarily want to to work with us they they have they have desires and intentions as we do so and it's about that communion and that union um so yeah it can be dangerous you know I think it's really important to be aware of that yeah yeah especially now too it's like there's so many ways that people can work with different things and people want to be able to heal and 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 expand and grow and discover new perspectives and it's understanding that you you know again energetic awareness uh of yeah mm. what, what is around all of this there's so many different aspects to consider mm -hmm. yep 100 percent. and this is why i'm passionate about the work that and bring through in the academia of magic next year it's a six-month mentorship but it'll be really bridging a lot of different energetic medicines and we will dive into plant medicines and how to work with them safely and cultivating relationship with plants um three of the medicines that people will often get introduced to in my space whether or not they choose to journey with them but um because they're deeply ingrained in my being because i've worked with them so deeply uh, and they say actually that about um you know working with like never trust a shaman that needs to drink the medicine <laughs> because usually when you've dieted or been on a dieta with a medicine or you've journeyed with a medicine long enough it becomes actually encoded in your energetics and you can tap into that without actually the, that that medicine without actually consuming it and that's you know maybe you just you're also consuming because you just want to and that's okay but um like if someone's having to take the medicine to experience that frequency they haven't journeyed with it long enough um and so some of the medicines i work with are rose uh tobacco and blue lotus are the strongest um, and i was actually just talking to someone the other day i actually bring in people into the space to teach cacao because i've that spirit has said, no, you're not to work with me. <laughs> and maybe that will change at some point, you know, but you're never to teach. You're not to teach um, about this plant spirit. You don't know enough about it. It's not an energetic match for you to work with. And so when I see loads of people holding cacao ceremonies constantly, like there's only a couple of people I know that I feel like a, a direct match to actually hold, holding and working with that medicine. Um yeah, it kind of sends a little bit of like, oh, in my body <laughs> when I see just people running with things, like being like, oh, it's the new thing to work with and just holding spaces with it. And I'm like, ah, oh, it, you know, it takes a lot of dedication, commitment and time to learn these, to learn about these medicines, um, as does a good, solid, secure relationship. <laughs> I've learned that one. <laughs> um yeah so mm. yeah yeah 
totally it like and I agree with that it's like you get shown like the medicines I feel the most attuned to and embodied in bringing what their teachings are through I actually had this big awareness um recently around my relationship with mushrooms which has been going for you know mm. half a decade now um and they were like you know you you're starting to really not yet like still you know I wouldn't hold a ceremony where I'm serving them yet but they're starting to say to me you know you're really becoming connected to our frequency and were showing me that exact point you just made is like you're starting to become the frequency of the medicine yeah well I really see that in you I really feel mushroom medicine in you <laughs> I feel I, I love mushroom medicine it's also I uh was inducted into working with um, Amanita, so Fly Garrix, like years and years ago, and I don't so much anymore. It was just for a period of time, but it's been circulating back around. But for me, mushroom medicine is this beautiful divine, the energy of the divine child. Um, and that's not to say it can't go dark and deep, but like the essence when we have those breakthroughs is just this, this spirit that is like, you know this unbound spirit and this 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 state of joy and it actually works a lot on the solar plexus chakra which you know works with that inner child medicine and I really see that in you okay mm. I see that as a strong transmission and this is like you know this is the whole point of the plant so that it actually brings out that frequency in you and then once you have that frequency like you're transmitting mushroom medicine like whether you are holding a ceremony or just being yourself in the world you're actually bringing that medicine through you in your interactions with people. That's a ceremony in itself. You know, um, you're inducting people into the medicine through your being. Mm. And this is the point, and this is what they're saying about like someone that's really worked extensively with the plant. You should feel the transmission of that in them, in their being, because they've, they've, they've got that connection to the frequency and they can turn that on. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and the piece in that too is like I feel connecting to your ancestral lineage as well because I know you and I, we both have yeah. English, British lineage as well. And it's like when you look at that part of the world, what were the Indigenous cultures working with there? What were their medicines? It was mushrooms. It was mushrooms, cannabis. They're really rich in those lands. So you mm -hmm. can always look back and be like, okay, do I have a relationship with this plant that I'm consuming in my DNA as well. And that can really show you what's aligned for you too. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally, mm. totally. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's often how I connect people to people is through journeying them through their lineage. Um, mm. I actually have a short journey that's a shamanic journey called lineage that actually takes people back into finding their medicines. And that, that's always gonna change, you know, as well. Like I'm, you know, just because one year I'm working so deeply with rose medicine, that's what's in my field, you know, <laughs> even a week later, it might be another medicine. Um, so, yeah, but that's like, that's the only way we can induct people, I feel, is through actually connecting them back to the source of what's meant to come through them, as opposed to, you know, teaching them logically about some kind of plan and how to work with it. It's like, well, if it's not desiring to actually... And that's how I teach archetypal work as well. Like if it's not in your blueprint, if it's not something that's inducting you in life and that's initiating you and wanting to work with you, then I don't actually feel like we should touch it. <laughs> mm. So it's like who, yeah, connecting someone back to their own 
lineage medicines and their own source of internal knowledge, which will then open them up to what it is that they need to, to journey with. I think that's an important piece. Mm, yeah, definitely. It's like that real, when you have this real deep remembering of that, you have this deeper sense of self. And then, you know, we realize how individual mm. we are and how we get to share all of our unique magic with each other rather than all, you know, needing to try and do the same thing or have the same abilities or, you know, all of these pieces, realizing when it comes to our magic and our connection to energy, we are a unique frequency as well. Yeah. I remember back in the days when I used to teach and I just had a giant ego attached and had no idea and used to be like, this is what I feel for you, you know? And these days it's like, I just journey people. I just take people on journeys and they they download everything they need to know. And sometimes it will come through really strongly for me that I need to share something. But otherwise I try not to be the one sourcing them information because then that's when attachment occurs to and projection occurs and you get pedestaled and all of the things because they become dependent relying on you for information and for for wisdom and really it's that it's there and available to them so yeah and I know that that's really core to your work as well as like it's just teaching people to connect to what's within what's innately theirs as well to bring through but giving them a framework that they can have that safety and bringing it through in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a conversation I was having actually the other day with um, a close friend around like not being able to own archetypal work. (laughs) We were talking about this. um, I feel like it's in the field at the moment, but you know, like bogging into like being like a sellable program, for example, and then being like, you can't, you can't teach this work unless A, B, and C, um, you know, da, 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 da. It's like, well, actually, once someone's been initiated into something, like, we don't own, we don't own frequency, we don't own energy, we don't own anything that's in the collective. And that's really why I love the model of Wild Grace is because I came fully supportive of people finding their own medicine and teaching that in the way that that lands for them not in the way that I teach it you know I'm like this is this is a byproduct of my individual journey you know my work with Lilith is you know I have a full chart of dark feminine medicine and my Lilith's in Scorpio conjunct five planets in Scorpio on my IC like that's a strong medicine for me but it may not even be there for you ever you know like let's find the archetypal frequencies and medicines that are meant to work for you let's find who you're meant to be in the world Maybe it's not even as a teacher, you know? So it's like, what's, yeah. And also like, if if it is that, then like, who am I to say that, that like, oh, you learned that from me and you can't teach that. It's like, well, we're just in activating something that's inherently within someone. We can't own that part of someone, you know? It's, it's a frequency that exists in the collective psyche, <laughs> mm-hmm. not within me. <laughs> It's something that moves through me. It's something that's bigger than me. And I think this is really where we're going with like Aquarian, the Aquarian age and Aquarian business. And it's a very hard path to navigate. And, you know, I'm still I'm not there by any means. You know, I still have a, a business model, but it is definitely more liberal than a lot of business models. Um, and, and I've tried to create a framework to allow for that. There's still like sticky points and stuff like that. But I feel like... Yeah, it's something 
that we're evolving more into like getting stuck out of this like this is the model that you're going to teach now and then you take my work and my medicine you teach it in this way um (laughs) which is very it's just like creating another copycat of you it's not allowing for sovereignty and individuality and I don't think that can ever have that can never be a sustainable business because they will eventually realize that their power has been suppressed and their individuality and what who they are has been suppressed and they want to break free of that um so yeah I feel like I just went on a completely different tangent but I felt like it was relevant just coming Mm -hmm. through so I went there (laughs) and if you have anything you want to add now (laughs) no that was exactly where I was wanting to kind of go into as well as like the bigger vision of all this too it's like okay people are probably like okay there's so much going on in the world right now why are we talking about magic why are we talking about remembering our lineages and and medicines and pieces like that like there is a bigger picture of this as to what this does for the whole and I would love to hear from your perspective why you you know being someone who's focusing you know all majority of next year on teaching people about magic and energetics why do you feel this is such important work right now for the world? Mm, really good question. I feel like there's so many answers to this, but I'll just feel into what feels alive. I mean, I, I want to start off by just looking at where we're headed as a collective, which is that when I said before when I kind of referenced the Celestine prophecy this is where we're headed we're heading like whether people like it or not we're waking up to and we're becoming more sensitive beings and I actually feel like there's a new human arriving on the earth (laughs) like we're actually evolving right now we've got we're kind of like it's like being a diamond under pressure we're in an incubator where we're actually being challenged and we're evolving into becoming new beings that are actually um, operating more from the space of energetic awareness in the world and the space of um, freeing ourselves from old structures actually like the old patriarchal models and right now it doesn't feel that way because actually it feels like we're being more encroached on by outer authority figures and um, you know the government systems with everything that's happening with COVID and the constant lockdowns and everything that's happening in the world and the potential for mandatory vaccines and all of that. Like it feels like actually the control pieces are coming in more strongly, but this is, I spoke on a podcast the other day. This is always what happens before something cracks is it tries to regain control. Like, like the ego right before it cracks is like, it's at its strongest, right? It's like holding on for dear life. And it's like, it doesn't want to die. And so this is what's happening right now is like it doesn't want to die. And so it's holding on for dear life and it's implementing everything it possibly feels like it can. And I'm speaking to the energy of what's alive, um, particularly with this Pluto in Capricorn phase. If we look at Pluto, it's the shadow. Capricorn is the sh- uh, relates to like um, control, like in its, in its shadow form. So control is really coming up to be released, which I feel will happen in 2024 when we move into the Pluto and Aquarius, which will bring a whole different set of problems. It'll be around, um, (laughs) it'll be looking at the shadows of um, information technology and like this is probably one they're going to start to try and 
implement more around robotics and the robotic human and like um, basically creating a robotic society, um, dehumanizing society because that's the shadow of Aquarius is like this alien self, this um, it's like the Messiah that sits up here and analyzes things, but it doesn't, isn't connected to the body and into humanity, into the, to earth as well. It's air element that like sits right up here and watches. Um, and it might be when we also have our connection, like the aliens start to come in more strongly as well. Um, but yeah, right now we're in like a incubator and a pressure. It feels like a pressure cavity and container that's going to move a lot, I feel, in 2024. Um, but yeah, as we move more into the age of Aquarius, and there's lots of different, lots of astrologers are giving different dates when they think that this is actually happening. Some people are saying it's not for a while. Some people are saying it already happened in December 2020. Some people are saying it happened ages ago, but I don't think there's a definitive date. I think it's a slow process of moving out of one to the next. Um, but the age of Aquarius is the visionary. They are the visionaries we're moving into. And perfect, your podcast is called The Visionary Vortex, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and I feel like this is what you're about, is about bringing in people that are holding this, this stance on reality and seeing things in a different way and moving more towards, um, yeah, orientated towards vision, future vision. And it is the futurist and the way that I see the future um, on planet earth is that we are well I feel like we're at a point where we're being asked to really return to the earth at the moment and actually start to live more sustainably in communion with nature um, but there will be we'll be bringing in new technologies to support us to do that um, and that is that's the element of Aquarius and that's its gift. It's like if we take it out of the shadow and the control and we look at the gift of, um, you know, the sign of Aquarius, it's actually in the, the development of new technologies that support us and that supports sustainability. And right now, you know, we're in a revolution, like Uranus is in Taurus basically revolutionizing the way that we see the material world so the way that we earn money this is why we've got all of the advancements happening to um cryptocurrencies and whatnot because of this and also land it's like rewilding back to the land and back to um living in communion with the land and earth spirit so i really see that as, as being a big wave we're being supported to move into right now um, but it will be different. It's not like we're going back in time to when we like had to trade carrots with for pigs or whatever. Not that you'd probably trade a full pig for one carrot, but <laughs> I was like, that's a ripoff. <laughs> but <laughs> there'll be an advancement of economy as opposed to us going back to the way things were because we never digress. We always move forwards and like the Aquarius is this this radical um yeah creation new technology which i feel like would be interested to see elon musk's chart actually i feel like he probably has quite a few alignments there um in that sign of, of aquarius but yeah it's it's really about being concerned with the future as opposed to where we've come or where we are um mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of where i see we're heading if we look at where we are in the 
in our cycle, in the bigger cycle around the central sun of Sirius, uh, which is the sun of that rules our universe. We've got our, our sun and then there's the sun of Sirius. If we look at where we are, we're passing through a 2000 year photon belt. And the photon, if we look at what that is scientifically, a photon is like a high intensity, it's high intensity light. And so we're moving through a period of high intensity light of 2000 years worth of that. And what that does is it catalyzes consciousness. You know, if we look at light, it's masculine consciousness. And so consciousness is being catalyzed in huge amounts at the moment. And this is why I feel like also all of these shadows are coming up to be purged through because like the light shines onto the darkness and purifies it. Mm. So evolution is happening at a much faster rate right now. And also people's frequency is, and if we, I, I sometimes feel like, like a bit woo-woo because there's so many people that talk about frequency and I don't really re resonate with what they're speaking about, but actually it's a scientific term. Mm. <laughs> if we look at like people's frequency is radically shifting and we're evolving. Our consciousness is evolving at huge rates at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, maybe have a look. If you're like interested in that, go and look up like the photon belt and have a little bit of a read about that. It kind of relates to the Yugas as well, which, um, what's his name? Um, guru, Indian guru, not going to come up with the name. I'm doing pretty well, actually. I've had pregnancy brain on the past few podcasts and I haven't, haven't hit it yet. So many Indian characters. Uh, I know, but it's, uh, yeah, it'll come to me. Um, he speaks a lot about the Yugas. Anyway, if you just typed in Yugas, you'd probably pull up his website, be one of the first that come up. Um, and they correlate a lot with this cycle as well. So, um, yeah, whether we like it or not, we're advancing and people will either be left behind or they'll jump on the bandwagon and it's a lot easier to to move with where we're heading than to resist it mm. yeah <laughs> so like, what I hear in that is like there's just so much change happening on the outside like if people are still attached to the outside is creating my reality then you will be going through so much mentally mm. physically emotionally that it will be very difficult to be able to to continue to move forward in this world with so much change and uncertainty. So how do we move through that? We realize that we get to create from the inside out and find that comfort mm -hmm. in being in the mystery and the beauty and the opportunity of being in mystery, uncertainty, destruction, chaos through the self, through the unique self and through co-creation and, and bringing that forward. It's key. Yeah, it's key to know our individual role and how we're playing a role in the collective. And that kind of circulates back to your message before, why do I feel like this is important? Well, it's just what I know I need to do. Mm. It's it's moved through me. It's been the piece that's dropped for me to teach. And so I follow that. I don't have an intellectual understanding of why necessarily. Um, I have my ideas around it, but it's just here and it's what I'm meant to do. So I follow that and trust that. 
and yeah. that is what I'm teaching other people to do as well and I think if we all live that way and did you know operate in that way that there'd be a deeper state of syntropy on the, the earth I feel like there's so much conflict because people actually at their core don't even know who they are or what they're meant to be doing so it's like let me externalize all of my pain onto society and onto my relationship and onto everyone else because actually I don't know who I am and who I'm meant to be in this world and if I was just doing that things would be a lot easier and there'd be less tension and pain inside that I have to feel the need to disperse into my surroundings right so it's like it's always a calling back to that center into finding your your own unique center and what's wanting to birth through you as opposed to like what you feel like you need to respond to in the world based upon like your, your layers of conditioning around what you've been told that you're meant to do. It's like how can we reverse that and come back to the internal compass? Mm. Um, yeah and just to you know anchor in a point to end on that's essentially what magic is like magic always is all around us and we can be a witness of that when we are just being who we truly are and doing what we're actually here to do it's like magic is just life force working with us and working for us that's alchemy mm. at its finest yep mm. yep beautiful mm. Oh, well, thank you for sharing your wisdom. P.S. It's sad. It's sad guru. It's sad guru. Uh, it would come back to me. Yeah. Beautiful. So he, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get the facts right. <laughs> and I, I do. I love this about about you as well. Is that you're not just bringing this through from all of a woo woo perspective. You're really grounding this in with wisdom and knowledge and facts and information um it's it's very powerful for people that you know want to learn this and want to understand it and actually have that grounded perspective too so yeah thank you so much uh and yeah for everyone listening just thank you for tuning into this and yeah like just know that that you get to be exactly who you are as well listening to Sigourney's story knowing a little bit about my story it's like you know, often the things you thought were wrong with you are the things that are your gifts and really tune into that and give yourself permission to go through whatever it is you need to go through around that and find what that, that mm. gift is within. Yep. Yep. And be around people that support that and support you to be that as well. It's really important to have community. Mm. Final drop. But I feel that that piece is really important, actually. Absolutely. And is there anything else that you want to share about your offerings and, and what you have available that we haven't already covered? I don't know when this is being released, but we have um, a number of wild offerings happening um, through my trainers. But excitingly, we have an initiation happening in person in Byron Bay in November um different wild grace offerings and that's really the work that we dive into you know soul embodiment work it's it, this everything that we've spoken about it's understanding who you are deeply at your core and we work through a shamanic archetypal and elemental will um working with some gentle plant medicines and it's really uh, integrated beautiful model to actually collect different pieces of yourself and bring yourself back to wholeness. Um, so we've got, yeah, 
uh, if you visit our website, it's portal.thewildgracemovement.com, but you can just type in thewildgracemovement.com and it comes up. Uh, and then Academia of Magic next January to June. It's a six-month deep dive mentorship with me where I'll be teaching you all of this goodness and teaching you how to basically move from that space internally and have deep energetic awareness and mastery. Um, we'll be working with certain plant medicines. We'll be working with the first step actually is foundations is your physical body and purifying that. So we work through a deep herbal spagyric cleanse. Um, if you don't know about spagyrics, check out Enki Organics. We're partnering with them to bring through the medicines for that journey. So yeah, it's, you know, in order to actually land spirit into matter, our physical vessel needs to be open and clear for that as well. Um, so we go through a process of looking at all of the foundational pieces. You know, we summon in your genius in the first month and we work with this deep dive detox. And then we go into working with the expansion of consciousness after we've worked with purifying matter. So it's really learning the process of deep alchemy in a six month six month container brilliant yeah. i love the sound of it mm. <laughs> it's like all, all i'm so excited for it as well should know <laughs> that we definitely need to know in order to basically <laughs> it's like oh if i just had this program when i was 23 and not had to journey it for 10 years but that's why I journeyed it for 10 years yeah. to create this program, <laughs> ironically. But I'm like, this is for the me that needed this <laughs> so badly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm really, really excited about that one. It feels like a really beautiful union of all of my work yeah. all together. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. Thank you again for your time and your energy. And yeah, we'll, we'll include all that information in the show notes for everyone as well. Amazing. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to receive this visionary vortex transmission today. On this podcast, we are all about sharing ways of living that support you to thrive and be in more connection. So make sure to leave a review and subscribe if you loved this episode. As mentioned, Sigourney is facilitating Essence Festival, which brings together facilitators in the space of magic and ritual and shamanism. And we have a discount code for the listeners in the show notes. So if you're interested in continuing to learn with us, make sure to check that out.